0: It's Illum Group's Andrea Lay. Views Melissa Burdick, the wizard of Woodland Shree, And I'm PVSB from Flywheel, a division of Omnicom. And I'm coming to you today from the Catskills. i be playing Heckinger's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Before we get to the CBG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 6th. And it's time for the fresh four, four curated news stories from the past week. We find them dependably intriguing. We hope you do too. we brought to you through our partnership with RetailWit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence news. RetailWit.com. It's retail right now. Over to you, Sri.
1: In case you're wondering what this background is I'm at, I'm at my father-in-law's house all the way in Chennai, India for the next couple of weeks. So what's the message of the week? Kroger Precision Marketing strikes a partnership with none other than Yahoo DSP. So Yahoo DSP advertisers now have access to KPM's audiences for both reach and measurement. Partnership marks KPM's second DSP partnership since last fall and ushers in a new focus on commerce media for Yahoo advertising in particular. Collaborations like this one will define the next phase of growth in retail media, as retailers recognize the limitations of monetization of their own digital properties and seek incremental growth by expanding off This is set by Sara Marzano, principal analyst and e-marketer, who advertises the delayed but still impending deprecation of third-party cookies, which is now on its way, continues to underpin every decision regarding digital advertising dollars. So solutions that safeguard their investments against that will hold increasing appeal. Over to you, Andrea. Hello,
2: Fresh 4 listeners. Walmart adds a new grocery line to its private
0: brand's portfolio. Walmart has announced a new private label grocery brand called Better Goods. The line includes 300 items spanning categories such as frozen, dairy, snacks, beverages, pasta, soups, coffee, and chocolate. With most items priced under $5, Better Goods focuses on three key components, culinary experiences, plant-based, and made without. The retailer said Better Goods marks not only its largest private food brand launch in two decades, but also its fastest grocery brand brought to market. Over to you, Melissa.
3: Thanks, Andrea. Uh, so Savemark companies roll out in-store retail media networks. It's not enough that we have online. Now we're moving to in-store retail media networks. The Savemark companies plans to roll out in-store connect an in-store retail media network powered by quad graphics. To start, 16 of the grocery company stores will have digital screens, kiosks, end caps, shelf screens, and vertical banners. Throughout, allowing CPG partners to showcase promotions, product information, and recommendations to shoppers. The program will eventually roll out to all of the SaveMart companies' approximately 200 stores. This is SaveMart's latest retail media effort, coming almost a year after a launch of its own retail media network. Over to you, Peter.
0: Thanks, Melissa. Rite Aid expands Uber Eats partnership for alcohol delivery. Eight states, nearly a thousand Right Aid stores will now offer alcohol delivery via retailer's expanded partnership with Uber Eats. Customers of Legal Drinking Aid can get delivery from select stores in California, Idaho, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Virginia, and Washington. Quote: Our collaboration and trusted partnership with Uber Eats underscores our commitment to meet evolving needs of our customers and providing a seamless digital shopping experience that complements their busy lives, unquote, said Jeannie Walden, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at Rite Aid, the U.S.'s third largest pharmacy retailer. That's it for the fresh for now. On to the CPG Guys episode that you've downloaded. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our co-hosts, Shri Rajagopalan and Peter V.S. Bond, explore how brands and retailers engage with consumers online, in store, and everywhere in between. And now, here are Shri and Peter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CPG Guys podcast. I'm PVSB, one of the aforementioned CPG guys. I'm also the vice president of partner strategy and development at Fetch Rewards, mobile loyalty platform. And as always. I'm joined on this educational journey about how brands and retailers engage consumers by my good friend and a thought leader in the consumer packaged goods world. Please join me in welcoming the fellow known as Shri Shree, hey, how's 2022 doing for you, brother?
2: Doing awesome, Peter, and I'm so excited for today because it's my favorite topic, our favorite topic, Retail That's selling. true.
0: Yeah, it's going to be good, Shree. We've got a really exciting conversation and episode this week. Can't wait to get to it. But there are a couple of things we need to cover before we do. Before we actually speak with our guest, I want to remind our audience that all of our content. We've got over 160 episodes now, Shree. 160. How did we do that? Where did the Where did the time fly, man? Uh, it's available on over 40 podcast platforms. I found another one, Sri. Literally yesterday, I found another podcast platform I'd never heard of. And guess what? We were already on it. So we've, we're you can pretty much find We're ubiquitous. That's a big word. Just if, so for you in the audience, you want to find this? Just go to cpgguys.com. You'll find links to our podcast, other content. We've published a list of podcasts that we like to listen to when we're not listening to ourselves. It's all there. And Sri... It doesn't cost nothing. It's free. So, I mean, everybody affords that, right? Free is good. Yeah, big zeros, big zeros. Um, and if you're not already following us on LinkedIn, we highly recommend you join our community there. Just go to the search box on your browser when you get to LinkedIn or if you have the mobile app, just enter in CPG, guys. And when you get to our page, there's a little blue follow button. Just click it, and you will be privy to all the content that we're publishing. We're we're talking every day about all sorts of different things, movers and shakers in the industry, interesting stories, and of course amplifying the episodes that we're publishing. Uh, and again, it's free. And Sri, did you know? Did you know we went global on January first? I think I think you did. Yeah, you know what? We uh, we launched a second podcast. It's called the FMCG Guys or Fast Moving Consumer Goods with our friends. Daniel Torres Dwyer and Ephraim Rosario, who are based in Europe. They're taking our format of the CPG guys to the EU and speaking with industry luminaries on the other side of the Atlantic. So, to learn more, just visit actually, just go to cpgguys.com and click on the link at the very top of the page. You can find all about the FMCG guys. And lastly, we are very proud to partner with New, the network of executive women whose mission it is to advance the cause of gender equality and career development in the workplace in the middle of. Every Wednesday episode, including today, we'll tell you more about new and current activities. So to learn more, please just visit newonline.org slash guys. Right, so let's get on to the topic at hand today. Avid listeners of this podcast know how much Shri and I love to discuss the rapidly evolving world of retail media. Today, we're speaking with a guest from arguably the OG in Omnichannel Personalized Communications. It's the Cincinnati headquartered Kroger and its data science arm 8451. For transparency purposes, I'll declare that I spent four years working for the previous incarnation of 8451, where I worked with Kroger and the brands that sold through them. So I guess I'm a little dangerous in terms of my knowledge. No, I'm just kidding. Here to speak with us about all the ways brands can engage Kroger customers both on Kroger banner sites and through targeted open web messaging via their new private marketplace is the Vice President of Advertising Sales for Kroger 8451, where she's responsible for overseeing the Kroger Precision Marketing Media sales teams across all regions and clients. Her role is to increase efficiency of the digital advertising industry and overall accountability for media investments. And prior to 8451, she co-created the Consumables Advertising Vertical at a little Seattle-based retailer called, I think it's Amazon. Uh, and she also served on the senior management team for integer TBWA. So please join Shri and me in welcoming to the CPG Guys podcast, Nancy Winay. Nancy, greetings. How are you doing today?
3: I am doing very well. Thank you guys for having me.
0: Uh, we couldn't be more excited. This is going to be a great conversation uh, as I mentioned, I've worked with Kroger in the past in this capacity, so I am so excited to learn about all the changes and enhancements that have taken place in the four or five years since uh, since I was walking the halls. Uh, but before we get to the questions Sri and I have, Nancy, would you please let our audience first know where on the web they can learn more about Kroger Precision Marketing
3: Thanks, Peter. Yep. I would, I would love to do that. Um, Kroger Precision Marketing or KPM. You're going to hear me refer to ourselves as KPM. We are the marketing arm for Kroger. Um, we're the largest U.S. grocer have 2,700 stores. We support 1,300 brands. We've been in operation for about four years on the media side of the house. And again, if you didn't catch our URL, if you're looking for more information, you just need to go to KrogerPrecisionMarketing.com. And that's where you can contact us or receive any information about on-site or off-site media.
0: Thanks for that, Nancy. And what we're going to do is, uh, our audience is familiar with this, in the digital liner notes of this podcast episode, we're going to have a link to your LinkedIn profile and also to the URL that you mentioned. So don't have to write down, people. Just to open up whatever app you're using to listen to this podcast. Go to the liner notes, click on the hyperlinks, and you're good to go, and you'll find that. So a lot of our, our audience likes to f- search and learn while they're listening at the same time. Good multitasking. So let's get down to the questions, Ansi, and Shree and I have prepared, uh, we think, some good ones that'll really help educate our audience about your business and how you can help brands win uh, through Kroger customers. Uh, I'm going to kick it off with the first question. I know that Kroger has certainly come a long days since the days of the LCM or the Loyal Customer Mailer, those 14 personalized coupons that... Kroger customers would receive 48 times per year in in snail mail. Can you help bring us up to speed on what 8451 has been up to since it was established in 2015?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. It's been a great journey since I've joined KPM the last two years. We're a leader in the grocery space. Obviously, we've been around for over 130 years in the business, but media is relatively new to Kroger. I mean, when you think about traditional media networks, you know, many, especially retail media networks, have been in business for 15, 20 years. We launched KPM four years ago. We've made a huge amount of progress in a really short amount of time. And when you think about KPM, portfolio, it consists of really three or four sort of key prongs that we've really doubled down on over the past four years. We have a self-service on-site business, which is predominantly search and also branded display We have targeted coupons. So you mentioned the loyalty program, which is how we started in snail mail many, many years ago. That has evolved quickly. And um, now all customers can still receive those great incentives, but online through targeted coupons or what many of our brands call TDCs. And then we've evolved again really quickly. We know that social is a super critical space for all demographics. And so we have key partnerships with uh, partners like Facebook and Pinterest and many other social networks that we're connecting with this year in particular, just to help inspire our customers and also to meet our customers where they're buying and, and where they're gathering as groups. And then one of the things I know we're going to talk to a few minutes in in greater detail is we launched our new PMP uh, during ad week a few months ago, which we're super excited about our programmatic effort. So we've made a lot of progress in the last four years and we're meeting customer demand and we're meeting customers really where they want to buy and how they want to buy. So I'm excited to share some of the work with you today.
2: Nancy, first of all, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to host both you and Kroger Precision Marketing on the CPG, guys, and we're looking forward to a nice, enjoyable dialogue over here on our favorite topic, retail media. So um, what I want to dive a little bit down into is a little bit of metrics and the type of data that KPM promises to its uh, clients as campaigns are run on the platform. So would you help me dimensionalize the data asset that 8451 is managing for Kroger How many customers, you know, percent of spend captured with household identification, average number of transactions. Those are just examples. But if you could help us try and understand what is that data set that's available and what will clients get access to post campaign and how this relates back to a brand trying to leverage the capability to engage a Kroger customer.
3: I would love to talk about our first party data where we've reached over 60 million households. That's 2,700 stores, which means one in every two households thinks of Kroger as their neighborhood grocer. of all of our sales are connected to our loyalty card. And essentially what that means for a brand and for an advertiser is that you're getting better targeting. We know who our customers are. We're able to reach those customers one to one. We're able to measure those customers. We also provide incremental measurement across um, majority of all of our channels. And when you're able to reach the right customers, as you guys know, at the right time, when you're able to measure the incremental impact of those customers, you're able to see what is the true ROI. And that's what brands are most interested in is not only how is my media working, but how hard is my media working for my brand and being able to illustrate that incremental impact of KPM media is what I think brands find most valuable about our data set. And and it's how they're really looking at our media and our data, again, is what is it doing for me? What's the incremental impact for my brand? And we're able to provide that through our measurement science.
2: And Peter, of course, the most important statement Nancy made there was how hard is our media working for us?
0: Yeah, I like that too. And it's pretty clear, Shri, that Kroger has a very impressive data asset. So given that fact, Nancy, please talk to our audience about why purchasing behavior, in your opinion, is a clearly superior way to target customers for messaging better than demographics and even search terms in many cases.
3: Purchase-based targeting for us is super critical in understanding our customers and helping our brands connect to the right customers at the right time. So you guys have probably heard the phrase, you are what you eat. For us at KPM, we're super focused on you are what you buy. And so for us, purchase-based behavior is better in terms of predicting future actions than just focusing on age and gender and income alone. We've also seen over the last two years that hybrid customers have been really valuable for us at KPM. We see customers who are shopping in-store and online are three times more likely to buy and two times more likely to make more frequent purchases. So we're seeing our customers shop across multiple modalities And we're seeing them switch behaviors as pandemic continues to increase and as customers are looking for just different ways to stay safe but still continue to get fresh produce. And it's one of the things I love about Kroger is that our customers can still drive up and receive pickup at any two-hour slot at any time throughout the day. They can drive up and really safely get their groceries delivered in the back of their car without any contact or they can choose delivery straight to their home, go online, they don't have to walk in the store and have one of our associates walk directly to their door, drop off their groceries again no contact if that's their personal preference and how they want to shop. So again, purchase based targeting going back to why it's valuable is because we're not only able to see how do they want to shop, but in what modality at what frequency, whether it's in-store or online or both. And it's just far more valuable than just, again, looking at age or gender and income alone.
0: Hey, Shree, I want to call out a couple of things that Nancy said. The one I loved was you are what you buy. Uh, When you do attitudinal research and you ask people what they buy, they come out sounding like the Brady Bunch. But when you look at what's in their basket, oftentimes they're a little bit more like the Simpson family. So that's why you are what you buy is really important. And the other one she really triggered on was predictive, right? It's if you look at income, right? Income is not about a propensity to buy. It's about a capacity to buy. And those are two very different things. So having that enormous asset to be able to create propensity levers, to predict how different audiences are going to respond is really what gets brands excited about investing in an asset like kroger precision marketing
2: i'll pass it on to you three what you reminded me of peter is a previous guest on our show from maybe 30 or 40 episodes ago fall of 2021 who actually authored the book why we buy as well as a new book out what we eat which guess what i was reading last night peter and uh the opening the opening preface of the book talks about how in attitudinal surveys, exactly what you said, what we record as our time for exercise versus what we record as how many times we snack in a day are on polar opposites of reality. But you just brought me a reminder to that. But anyway, Nancy, let's get back to let's get back to KPM. If we look at your on-site retail media what are the type of offerings that brands can leverage? I mean, the tools and the different type of things brands have at the hand, disposal to work with, and what are hyper-targeting capabilities? And then, are you a first price or second price auction system? Do you offer featured search like um, core SEM? And uh, how does your team actually partner with brands?
3: Sure. thanks for the question. We have a really robust portfolio. Again, we are I would say we're a new media company in terms of four years old, but we've made huge advancements in the last four years. Our on-site properties consist predominantly of search, which is a second price auction, targeted display ads or sponsored display ads, um, email and on-site coupons. There's other tools in that toolbox, but I would say most brands focus on those top four. They deliver our highest R. And then our offsite toolkit falls into two areas, really. The first is around managed service, which I talked a little bit earlier about some of our social partnerships so brands can connect our audiences with their Facebook audiences to understand how their social campaigns driving incremental lift, as well as other social partnerships like Pinterest. We're expanding those again quickly this year. And then we most recently launched our private marketplace, which is DSP Agnostic. We're really excited about this programmatic offering because it gives brands a lot of freedom and a lot of control within their current DSPs.
0: I want to remind our audience that today, Sri and I are speaking with Nancy Winay, the VP of Advertising Sales at Kroger Precision Marketing. Nancy, let's dig into other insights capabilities within the, the KPM family. Can you explain to our audience what Kroger Stratum is and how do brands working with Kroger leverage this to inform their targeting efforts through Kroger Precision Marketing?
3: Stratum is our retail database and brands can subscribe to Stratum and it's really a remarkable product because it enables a brand to actually go in and track firsthand how is their brand doing, what is their current state of uh, sales, of share, all the way down to a SKU level. It's an extremely robust database. And from a media perspective, why brands find it so valuable is that you can track the impact of your media. So as we know, retail media networks provide returns on ad spend, some provide incremental return on ad spend, but not all media retail networks are able to provide direct access to a retail dashboard. And what this does, what Stratum does essentially, is allow brands to go in and look again at a SKU level or portfolio level or at a category level to see what is the impact media is having on um, sales and on share and to also look at how they're pacing against their total category. And that's really critical because while... I know the industry supports and and many favor return on ad spend it's all, it's not always the best indicator as to what's the real impact for the brand is it really driving a true lift a true incremental return and stratum is for most brands a credible source to say is that return on ad spend really real or is it you know being inflated by Other, it could be outside media or other coupons or other things going on in the market that are outside of the control of the brand or outside the, just outside of the media. So Stratum is a product that was established well before KPM, but it has evolved like KPM really quickly to support media and to support our e-commerce efforts. One of the things that I'm sure you guys have uh, both seen in the news is that we're scaling our online business to a number of new markets through Ocado and our Ocado partnership. Stratum is ingesting the Ocado data. So as we scale to these new markets in the South, like Florida, moving up towards the East Coast, towards more populated, larger density locations within the East Coast, and Try not to name specific cities as that's highly confidential to Kroger. But as we continue to expand those Okado relationships, it's really critical for brands to be able to see the impact of the e-com business on the retail business. And Stratum is going to be the tool to do that. So, again, Stratum is evolving as quickly as the KPM business. And it's a great tool just to give a cross-check back into return on ad spend and incremental return on ad spend.
2: That's awesome. Nancy, I know Okado is uh, here for a bigger purpose, and I was lucky enough to see one of the sheds, and it's truly a fantastic operation. So I wish you the best as you grow and scale the Okado part of this. You know, but recently Kroger announced the introduction of the new private marketplace specifically for off-site targeted messaging. Can you take us through how this works with brands and uh, how this can help serve up? any personalized media that brands might have.
3: I'm excited to talk about our new private marketplace because it's very different than how other retail media networks are approaching programmatic. In particular, we're DSP agnostic. What we've heard from brands over the past few years as we were developing this capability is that a lot of brands said to us, please don't make us log into yet another DSP either brands have moved a lot of programmatic in-house and a lot of their people are hands-on keys and they're already having to work across multiple platforms, which is really a challenge in terms of managing a budget, frankly, and also just managing and maintaining incremental reach and managing frequency. So a big ask was, please be DSP agnostic. Allow us to pull your audience in in a way that obviously is customer safe, but is in a tool that we already know and love. So we are DSP agnostic. The second piece is they said, please give us transparency around cost. And so we've enabled, again, our audiences to be pulled through a deal ID, again, in a very customer safe way to allow brands to pair our audiences up with their favorite inventory so that, again, they're only paying and leveraging for the audience data that is most relevant to them. So those are two kind of really unique features that are very different about our programmatic offering versus others. And then the last that I just wanted to share in terms of our P&P is the granularity of our data. So oftentimes when retail medias partner with other publishers or partner with other DSPs, they're limited on the granularity of the data that they p- provide. When a brand goes into RPMP through their existing DSP, they can pull their audiences at a full category level if they're going to, um, for really broad reach, like with a new with a new product announcement, or if they're really hyper-focused on incrementality. They can create a custom audience removing all of their existing buyers and build that themselves without any additional cost, without any additional premium, without any additional fees, right? So that level of customization down to a SKU level in order to again drive incremental reach, it's just part of the basic functionality that we're offering to all brands and all agencies. Uh, with direct access to our P and P, it's a very different approach than what the rest of the marketplace is doing. And again, I think it's something that is going to drive really strong demand because we're not charging, we're, we're not nickel and diming, right, for every customization and we're not charging a premium every time a brand wants to be able to reach a customer group that is incremental or more niche focus versus, versus larger segments.
0: Thank you for that detail. Our audience likes to be educated on the functionality of the solutions that our guests bring, and you provided the differentiating factors that are going to help them make judicious decisions about investment. And and speaking about investment, my question is, obviously, in this day and age, brands are increasingly shifting their budgets towards solutions that give them accurate measurement of ROI. So... Can you give us a little peek under the hood of how the ROI measurement engine uh, at Kroger Precision Marketing is applied to retail media solutions that you are offering to brands so that they know, hey, I'm actually getting meaningful return from every dollar I'm spending with Kroger?
3: I'm really proud to say that for offsite media, including our, our programmatic, we, we do offer incremental measurement. So most brands are used to receiving as part of measurement return on ad spend. With offsite, we're showing what's the incremental return on ad spend. And again, when our brands, our agency partners are going into our PMP, they can actually suppress existing buyers or said differently, they can build their own custom segments and remove their current buyers. And that's a a really customized, specialized segment that's going to drive true incremental reach without any additional premium, which, getting back to, Peter, your original measurement question. So when they go into PMP and see, here's my return on ad spend, they know for a fact that they've removed all of their existing buyers. They know that return on ad spend is truly an incremental measure. So again, super excited about the level of customization our PMP provides, and then also the you know how relevant that's going to be in terms of the measurement we provide.
0: Hey, I want to call out something to our audience that's very important. You talked about the ability to create custom audiences. The real power in my evaluation of Kroger's asset is you have 60 million households. That means when you start layering on different requirements living a particular food health lifestyle based on the products that they're buying or their loyalty to Kroger, all all these other different segmentations that you've been able to create, you're still at such an enormous size that the statistical significance is not going to break down. And so when you create those audiences, they're going to be still be meaningful. This isn't like your grandfather's Oldsmobile, the old days of panel data, where the minute you got to the brand level You really couldn't discern anything meaningful because you didn't have a statistically significant sample. Well, you're using census-Kroger purchasing behavior with 96 cents out of every dollar identifiable to the household. That, to me, is really powerful in all of this. Sri, what do you think?
2: Well said, Peter. At the end of the day, scale matters, and You know, when you create campaigns, if you have such a wide selection of shoppers across the country to choose from, customers across the country to choose from, and then build your cohorts, needless to say, sample size will dictate the outcomes and precision, no pun intended, but the actual precision of the outcomes as well. Now, I care a lot about R-square, Peter. It's a question I drive a lot of people crazy when I ask them about the R-square of all the predictability they put out there. So clearly, when their sample size is larger, and you're gonna have better R-squares just by pure statistics 101, right? That same sentiment carries into my next question, Nancy, which is our last question for the day. Not all brands are created equal. There are very large brands you have worked over time and history with, and then there are smaller brands like startups, etc., that find their way for the first time to get onto the store shelf or the digital shelf. And um, what is the best way for brands of any size irrespective of scale and size or distribution across all of Kroger stores to get into Kroger's retail media solutions or to take advantage of Kroger's retail media solutions?
3: I'd like to frame it back in terms of what we um, refer to as like first, second and third dollar. So whether you're a new brand and you're just trying to establish awareness or whether you're a really mature brand with super high household penetration, you both care about ROI and you want to invest your first dollar around highest ROI. So our advice to a new brand or a mature brand, oftentimes it's the same around fundamentals and those fundamentals are when you have three media dollars, your your first media dollar needs to go towards onsite. And onsite is going to be, for us at KPM, either search or targeted display. Both are highly effective. Both have extremely high ROI because the customer is actively shopping and building the shopping cart for groceries. The second dollar is going to be around offsite and that could be around any of our managed services and social channels. It could be directly through our protomatic effort, which we just talked about through KPM's PMP. And then third dollar is going to be focused on and how do you reach customers through, in many cases, social partnerships and off-site media that where a customer's not necessarily actively shopping, but where we want to influence the customer around the brand and then redirect them back to the site to add the brand to the cart. So again, first dollar on site, second dollar off-site. Third dollar tends to be off-site again, but more where they're not actively purchasing. So that's that's how we think about our media offering. And again, it all stems back to return on investment, whether you're a new brand or a mature brand, the highest ROI is with our on-site media.
0: I'd like to remind our audience that all of our content, over 160 episodes published, links to our social media platforms on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and what have you, even a list of the podcasts we like to listen to when we're not listening to ourselves talk, which we talk, God, Sri, we listen to ourselves talk all the time, don't we? Uh, You can just go to cpgguys.com and you can find it all there. And we are an audience-driven podcast, which means the people we invite on and the things we talk about, well, they are based on what our audience tells us they want to hear about and the best way to tell us is to go to ratethispodcast.com slash guys. choose the Apple platform and write a review and tell us what you want to hear, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, We're trying to be responsive to what you want. This is a great community and that's the best way to do it. So please, please speak to us through that platform. You can also reach out to us through LinkedIn. Whatever you want, just let us know what you're thinking about. Our guest today has been Nancy Winet, who's the VP of Advertising Sales at Kroger Precision Marketing. Nancy, thank you so much for coming on today, answering our questions and going into really great detail. We like to educate our audience, and I think Shre would agree with me. This was a very educational exercise. You gave a tremendous amount of detail and steps in how brands can get engaged with Kroger customers through KPM. Thanks for joining us.
3: Guys, thanks for having me. It was really great conversation. Really appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. And hopefully next time we're together, we'll have an opportunity to see each other in person.
0: I know uh, we had planned to record this at the CES this week, but those plans were scuttled uh, thanks to uh, the, the ongoing pandemic. We'll just leave it at that. But in any event, um, I'm going to put links to Nancy's profile and Kroger Precision Marketing in the digital liner notes, please go there and you can learn more about all the great things Kroger Precision Marketing can do to help brands engage with Kroger customers. Hey Shri, this is a great episode. What do you think?
2: First of all, Angie, thank you so much for making time to join us on the CPG guys and taking us through the various offerings that KPM Kroger Precision Marketing has for brands in terms of all the different advertising capabilities as well as the data one could receive back and Overall, I would say a one on one of campaign, successful campaign management, and right at the end that, you know, the focus on on site merchandising being a huge priority for, you know, if you had, when you talk about dollar one, dollar two, dollar three, I like the way that you staged it, dollar one. Let's focus on the on site merchandising element. So thank you sincerely for that. Peter, you already know that topics like these are my favorite. You know, whenever we hit retail media, we're bringing a new level of education to the industry, one that really needs to pick up big time overall in the industry with brands and retailers both alike. So uh, when we decompose different pieces of retail media like Nancy, you helped us do today, I think we're taking the industry forward in a very uh, beautiful way so that, you know, the future of this industry, which is being being scripted now, not five years from now, can actually be done smoothly. So thank you. Thank you, Peter.
0: Yeah, I, I, I just want to call out the fact that um, the investment in, in on-site media, it's important because I think we have to remember that even though the majority of sales are still occurring in physical retail, people bring their smartphones into into physical retail, and they use it to help them shop. So if you think about the retail media investments as just affecting digital sales, you're missing picture here. And that's why it's important to think about the omni-channel influence that all of this media has. So with that, I'm going to say thank you, Shree, for joining me and to our audience. We love having you on this journey, and we look forward to speaking with you on the next episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Have a great day.